learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Winners United. This is Season 7, Episode 15, entitled Never Give Up with Sabrina Tucker Barrett. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winners United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and give Winners United a rating and review. All you need to do is go to the show page, scroll to the bottom, click the five stars, then write a review. It shouldn't take more than five minutes of your time, and I would greatly appreciate it. And as a thank you, I'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take time to write us a review. During this episode, you will hear about ways to raise money when starting a nonprofit, using project management software to keep yourself on target, doing the research necessary to excel, the importance of finding time for self-care, and much more. But before we get into the episode, let me tell you more about Sabrina Tucker Barrett. Sabrina Tucker Barrett is a mentor, STEM advocate, and the founder of Girls for Technology, which is a nonprofit focused on closing the gender gap in technology and engineering. Via Girls for Technology, Sabrina has been able to impact young girls across the United States, helping them to understand and grow in the STEM fields. Sabrina has received numerous accolades for her work, including the 100 Women of Color Award, being nominated for the Connecticut Entrepreneur Award, and recently being named one of the 11 business owners to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. So without further ado, here is Never Give Up with Sabrina Tucker Barrett. So Sabrina, welcome to Win Hers United. We are excited to hear more about you and your journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Nicole. You're welcome. All right. So let's get started by you telling us about your professional background and what you currently do professionally. Sure. So my professional background was actually, I worked in corporate for about eight years before starting Girls for Technology. I saw there was definitely a need for more women, especially Black women within the corporate sphere. And I just didn't see myself kind of looking back in retrospect. I was a lot younger, a lot, lot younger, and really wanted to do something that I could kind of create my own path and then also see the younger generation kind of that following me after, you know, would have something to be able to participate within programmings, really focusing on STEM and entrepreneurship. So I co-founded the organization in 2015 out of community need. You know, Hartford has many challenges. I'm located in Hartford, Connecticut, the businesses, 
and really wanted to, you know, create a STEM pathway for starting with young girls. So we started on this journey in 2015, teaching young girls really about just coding. And the organization quickly grew. We actually got, you know, we are a nonprofit and we wrote our first grant um, in 2015 to a public school, you know, one of our local public schools and was granted at the time. STEM was not as, you know, heard of, especially around coding within inner city schools. And so, you know, it was a great idea. The goal was great. And, you know, we started with these 25 young women. And since then, the organization has grown to serving nearly almost a thousand young girls and women. Um, to date, you know, we do a lot more programming than just coding, and that can be anywhere from teaching women around entrepreneurship. We have our Pipeline 4.0 programming, which is uh, focused on workforce development mm. and teaching them, you know, skill sets anywhere from Google Analytics to Salesforce, you know, introduction to Salesforce, design thinking, um, and really preparing them socially and emotionally if they do decide to go into uh, the corporate workspace. Okay, I like that. So all from a need. And you said you were in corporate. And was that in the STEM fields as well in corporate? Yeah, so my background is actually in healthcare administration. So, you know, healthcare or, you know, the health insurance industry is huge here. Many of uh, the, you know, big corporations such as Cigna, Aetna, Many of the, you know, the main ones are located here. We were once considered the uh, capital of, you know, the insurance industry. And so, yeah, Mm. I did pursue a career in healthcare administration. And then that led me into just also, you know, seeing my brother who was a computer science major and always intrigued by that, you know, so many of my just personal experiences and and then also my educational background. Okay, nice. You know, I find that to be interesting, right? Because I feel like there are a lot of women in the healthcare field in relation to nursing. But yeah. from what I'm hearing from you in the background, as far as what is that like processes and procedures and things That's like correct. that, that it's not a lot of women back there. Yeah, you know, I worked during my time there a lot with uh, high risk policies and then um, also with uh, Medicare policies. And really assessing the needs before they set the pricing, really working with those policies, you know, in a background. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting, right? Because I would feel like you need a diverse outlook, yes. especially when setting policies. So that's uh, some great insight to provide. Thanks for that. All right. So you told us how you ended up in your current profession, basically seeing that need and mm-hmm. wanting to fill that need and get women or and young girls into STEM and entrepreneurship, right? So let's move on to you telling us about what you wanted to be when you grew up. Wow. Yeah. So I, growing up, I said I wanted to be a child psychologist. Mm. You know, that's kind of where my college path started. And then after taking one of too many uh, statistic classes, I quickly realized psychology was not quite something I wanted to pursue. And so I ended up going the route of healthcare. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. So I feel like switching it up, right? Like in relation to what you wanted to be when you grew up, right? Versus what you are now. Are you happy with that decision? Are there any regrets there? No, I would not change it for the world. 
you know, I still feel like I'm still working with, you know, what I wanted to be was I wanted to be, you know, this child psychologist. I envisioned counseling, you know, uh, young girls, especially black girls that look like me. I've always from a very young age that I wanted to be able to impart knowledge on the younger me. Even when I was a young girl, I felt like I was always very like mature and kind of knew what I wanted to do in life. And, you know, just being able to impart that knowledge. So yes, I'm very happy and, you know, with forming uh, Girls for Technology, you know, I've been able to experience so many things that I feel like I would not have been able to experience sitting in corporate America. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I I believe you brought up some key points, right? Because that's part of what the reason why I created this podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to speak to the younger me, yeah. right? And and part of the wisdom that I wish to impart on the world, right? So I think that that is a good gem for mm-hmm. anyone listening, right? If you feel like you haven't found your passion, you don't know where to go yeah. away or something to think about. It's like, what do you wish you had that yes. you now have so that you can go back and give that to people that may not have it? Yeah. And just really knowing, you know, letting girls, especially girls of color, Black black and Latinx, know that typically life is not a straight path. You know, you're going to have ups and downs and where you start is not necessarily where you're going to finish. And, you know, I always say hard work. You put that hard work in and you're persistent and know where you want to go. Anything is possible. I love that. Anything is possible. Yeah. Another gem. Look, you're dropping all the gems, right? Another gem though, right? Because I believe that we were kind of sold a fairy tale, Mm -hmm. this straight line in life, right? And then when life doesn't come together in this straight line that you were told it should be, Mm -hmm. then you feel like you're, you haven't done what you're supposed to do, or you're not where you're supposed to be, or you missed out, right? right? So I love that point that you brought up is that it's not a straight line. Like yeah. don't believe the myth right, of right. it being a straight line, right? And and enjoying the journey and seeing where it evolves and how it evolves, right? And knowing that you can change, mm-hmm. you know, directions, right? If the direction you're going in no longer suits who you are currently or who you want to be in the future. Yeah. All right. So tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today. Well, I mean, just one thing I would say, I guess, is a very pivotal point in my life, just kind of going back to kind of leaving corporate after having my twins and saying that I'm not going back into that space, that environment, and really stepping out on a limb, not knowing the direction of never have founding a business, not necessarily a whole lot of knowledge in nonprofit. That's a whole nother landscape. And really just stepping out on faith, knowing that I want to do something, I'm going to excel at it, and just taking that journey. So I think that was definitely uh, one of the many pivotal parts of my life to date. Okay. Now, did you step out by force or by choice? By choice. Yep. Mm. So my first, first company that I worked with, I had, there was a reduction in force which meant that the whole department kind of shut down. It was during the Obama administration where um, Obamacare had come. And so many of the policies changed in many ways and our department was no longer needed. 
So then I ended up going to another company, ended up having twins and said, I'm, I just don't want to have that. I don't know. I wanted my children to see me more than just going to a nine to five job. I wanted to, I want to be able to leave a legacy, not only for my children, but impart my knowledge and legacy on the world. And I felt that I could have more impact on more individuals by, you know, being able to take what I know, you know, that I, you know, have this vision for and being able to create something. Okay. So you're deciding to leave corporate America and starting your company. Like from what I heard you, it was uncharted territory, right? But was this plan like in the works prior to, and let me just paint a picture. The reason why I say that is I've heard in the past, like people are like, if you aren't already working toward it, or if you haven't already replaced your salary, you know, don't just jump into the waters. Right. But then for some people, they jumped into the waters and it worked for them. I don't know. What's your, what's your take on that? And like, how was that for you? Yeah, I definitely totally jumped into the water you know, like had no income coming in. I was relying, I relied uh, heavily on my husband's income. You know, I had the support of my parents still. So I did have supports in place, but financially it was, it was rough for us, you know, in the beginning as a family, you know, just because it was only one income. We now had two twins that, you know, I had to raise and kind of figure out you know, daycare and all those type of things. So that was another thing. I didn't want to have to put my kids in daycare. You know, oftentimes when working a nine to five, you see moms having to, you know, do daycare or rely on a parent or what so. And so I wanted to be able to work on this this business. So I did during the process of my pregnancy, started kind of mapping out a plan of what I envision of Girls for Technology. And it was a process. My husband did have the nonprofit background and, you know, had held leadership positions within the nonprofit sector. So I was able to, you know, we were able to kind of gel some of our experiences, my passion, my kind of gumption for wanting to be able to get into this entrepreneurial landscape and then his nonprofit knowledge. And that's how we were able to form the organization. Okay. So thinking back, would you do anything differently? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Probably. I don't think so. No, no. I would say if I could have uh, saved more money, okay, that would be a huge thing because, you know, any business that you need to have some little bit of seed capital and I didn't have much, but, you know, there are ways to be able to start a nonprofit even without a whole lot of seed capital. But, you know, kind of in retrospect, I think I wish I did have, a, you know, I guess I wish I knew what I knew now about raising funds to be able to start a company. Okay. Thanks for that. So you hit on something that, look, I'm a, I am a knowledge junkie, so to say, right? Like I love to learn something new, right? So you just talked about ways to raise capital for nonprofits, even without, you know, if you don't have it yourself, can you just throw out one way for people listening that may want to and don't have that money? Yeah. So, I mean, they say things like you can raise capital through friends and family first. Oftentimes within our community, that's not a huge way, but, you know, it's still a way, you know, you can ask a friend for $10 and have their, 
you know, that friend asked for $10 and maybe you can get a good thousand dollars from, you know, creating some type of small fund, you know, but there's also grants that can be written, you know, to be able to, you know, to be able to start the business. And I'm more speaking so more so for nonprofit. And then there's, you know, you can create sponsorship, you know, you can create a sponsorship packet, you know, to be able to raise funds. So those are some of the, without getting too into all the minutia, those are three, I think, very easy ways to, I think that you can definitely raise a good $5,000 easily starting okay. off. Thanks for that. Look, that was off the script, guys. Off the <laughs> yeah. script. It just came to my head, right? <laughs> and what I hear basically from that is where there is a will, there is a way, mm-hmm. right? And if you really want it, you know, you won't let anything stand in your way to get it, right? So yeah. no excuses. Yeah. And I, I want to do say also one of my favorite I always give a shout out to Walmart, especially okay. for nonprofits when they are starting out. If you reach out to Walmart in your area, they will oftentimes give you a starting fund of up to $2,500 for your nonprofit. Nice, nice. Oh, look, that was a whole look, a gem, another gem, another gem. All right, all right. So, Sabrina, it sounds like you are super busy, right? A lot of moving parts to your life. Like, I feel like twins, that's two full-time jobs within themselves, having Mm -hmm. a company, having a family. So, how do you ensure that you're showing up fully and to the best of your abilities? It's a work in progress. I'm still, I mean, something always feels like... You know, because this is a full-time job, but, you know, through COVID, I've been lucky to be able to have my twins here with me. So they come to work with me. They're doing school via Zoom. So I'm able to, wherein, you know, pre-COVID, you know, I wouldn't see them maybe from eight o'clock to three o'clock, you know, so I have the ability to help them with their schoolwork. You know, I take breaks within my, my work time to be able to help them and really, you know, still be very much engaged. But, you know, it it always seems to be a work in progress because it always seems like something goes lacking. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. Just kind of juggling it all. Yeah. Now, when you say something goes lacking, right, and I'm just speaking from my own personal knowledge and experiences, would that something happen to be yourself? Oftentimes. (laughs) (laughs) often yeah I feel like I'm because I'm you know worried about my twins I have a husband I have my mom who's a senior you know who also lives with us and then I have you know girls for technology that is very you know it's a thriving nonprofit, it's a growing nonprofit, and so oftentimes I think about myself last Mm. you know in the process okay now are you thinking a way to change that oh it doesn't get thought of. Well, I mean, I'm taking a vacation. So we are taking a family vacation. It is COVID. So we aren't doing too much. We're renting an Airbnb and just kind of relaxing just to be somewhere nice in a nice warm climate. So yes, I do plan on taking some time for myself. Okay. Yes. That's a great point, right? Unplugging. I just got back from vacation yeah. not too long ago. I had to take my son, right? Cause I'm a single mom, but I went to a resort and they had the kids club, 
right? Oh. So I was able to get my time yeah. in. Yeah. So I do agree that even if you can't do something, you know, every day or every week or even yeah. every month, you know, yeah. try to fit a vacation in quarterly, yeah. right? right? Or something, you know, somewhere along the way to make sure that you're pouring back into yourself, right? Yeah. All right. So tell us about your morning routine. <laughs> so my morning routine is because we are in COVID still. I'm getting my kids ready for school. We wake up around six o'clock in the morning. So my, my mornings start pretty early. Actually, my personal morning starts even earlier than that because I'm just kind of getting myself in a place, going through emails, you know, five o'clock in the morning. I'm an early person, so I wake up rather early. And then I'm getting the twins ready, getting myself ready. And then we're here in the office till five or five-ish. And then we try to get some fun time. We'll go to the park or, you know, if they need more assistance with their homework, we're going home, cooking, you know, my just either I'm cooking, my mom's cooking, or we'll go out to eat. So, you know, we still try to still feel like some type of normalcy during this COVID time, because, you know, it, it has been a challenge on, you know, my twins, you know, they want to be back in school, you know, just staring at a Zoom, you know, even, even me, you know, having to go through these Zoom meetings and not being able to interact with people. I just can't wait for it to be over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about rising early so that you can have time to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that is a key point, especially when juggling business, family, you know, and life in general, right? Mm -hmm. So you mentioned going through your emails, but do you also, you know, take personal time during that time as well? <sighs> so we're going to challenge you. Look, that's your I challenge. <laughs> I know. That is your challenge. Okay, okay. Look, no judgment zone. I you know. know. No judgment zone, but always looking for ways to pour back, right? I'm always and like, I, I need to get up and do a little exercise, a meditation or something just for myself. And it's, I said I was going, that was like one of my uh, challenges to myself for 2021 and still working on it. All right. Okay. So tell us about the toughest struggle that you had to overcome and how you overcame? The toughest struggle. Mm. So I guess I would say to date, the toughest struggle, I am a um, stroke survivor. Mm. Um, a little bit after having twins, I did suffer actually two back-to-back -back strokes. I also have Crohn's. And so they seem to think that there was some type of correlation. So I had to learn how to walk and talk again. And so I would say that's definitely been one of the toughest struggles. I was hospitalized for maybe a little bit over a month, almost a month and a half, really going through deep therapy and then another six months of intensive therapy to really get my walking and, you know, being able to have all of my uh, motor skills and cognitive skills kind of in place. But I am so blessed that. I worked really hard at it and I prayed a lot and most people would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know, like I can walk, I have all functioning. And so just very blessed, you know, to kind of see where I came from and to where I am now. 
Yeah, look, I'm listening. I'm yeah. like, that's look, you're a walking miracle, it sounds yeah, like that's to me, what right? They say. Mm-hmm. Oh Definitely. my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I feel like that's like never accept defeat. That's right. That's right. So was there anything that you learned during that time or, you know, like any mindset tips or, you know, anything that really like changed the way you look? I, you know, I feel like when people go through yeah. things like that, it usually changes the way they look at life or change their approach to life. Did that happen for you? Definitely. And that's what I tell people. Just never give up. Like, you know, be persistent, fight through like whatever obstacle may come your way. If you believe in something, if you know that, you know, something is meant for you, you have to push through even when things seem dark and grim and you don't, there's no hope, you know, you know, there's always hope. There's always a better day ahead. Yes, there is always hope. I love that. I love it. All right. You know, and I don't know, some people call me, what am I? I don't know what's the word for it. Is it an optim? Like, I don't know what the word, right? But I feel like, like we have a choice in life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can choose to allow everything to get you down, right? Because if you want, any and everything can get you down, yeah. right? Yes. Or you can choose to look at blessings, mm-hmm. you know, the, the learning lessons, like the good points that even a negative situation can bring to your life. And that's the side that yeah. I like to live on, right? Because it just makes me happier, right? Yes, 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 and yes. Do you have a dream to impact the world? If so, you should take Sabrina's advice and never give up. Podcasting has allowed my dream of impacting the world to come true. And I would love to help you make your dream come true as well via podcasting send me an email at whenhersunited at gmail.com so we can chat about your podcasting future it would be my honor to help you get started as always remember that your voice matters and the world needs you so that is whenhersunited w-i-n-h-e-r-s U-N-I-T-E-D at gmail.com. So do you have a leadership practice or principle that governs your life? And if so, can you tell us more? I mean, one thing I think is, you know, is don't start something that you're not going to finish. Mm. You know, I think it's very important that, you know, and I teach my twins that, you know, sometimes they feel like things are too hard or I thought I liked it and no, I don't like it anymore. And that's fine. You can not like something and you can, you know, and you can go on to something different. But if there's a time that you're supposed to do something, be dedicated and willing to start or finish what you start. Okay. Okay. I like that. Right. So Because my follow-up question was going to be so like, you know, and I feel like a buzzword in entrepreneurship is pivot. From what I heard you say, you know, see it through at least to some end point. Don't just stop, you know, like a dead stop in the middle of, let's say, a project or a task. 
Um, and I feel like within pivoting, you know, that doesn't mean that you're stopping. It's just reinventing the situation, making it better, hopefully, and looking at where there may be challenges and, and making it better, you okay. know? So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're just totally stopping. You're, like you said, you're pivoting and, and adjusting to the climate or the situation. Okay. Okay. I like that. So that, to me, that ties back to your never give up, right? That's right. I like it. All right. So do you have a recommended resource that you can tell us about and how you utilize it? So it could be for business, a business tool, a application. It could be personal, self-care, you know, any, any of those areas, but you know, something that you utilize to make things easier or get the job done? Yeah. So a business tool that I've been using, especially since COVID, especially to really keep myself on track is Trello. Mm. I am a huge, and then then there's Trello, there's Asana, but I really like Trello to project manage myself. You know, I put, you know, time dates to things and to make sure that I just kind of stay on track because they're, you know, in entrepreneurship, when you're a mother, you know, you have a lot of moving pieces and you need to make sure that you're, I, well, at least I like to make sure that I'm staying on task and, and not veering off and, you know, really trying to, to structure my day out. Mm, good, good. That was awesome. And you said a key thing that stuck out to me, right? Cause I feel like when people think of those kinds of applications, you think of you know, a whole team or a whole department, a whole organization, right? But, you know, and yes, it's for that, right? Mm -hmm. But you said project manage myself. I think that that was a whole (laughs) word, right? And especially for a solopreneur, right? Like what if you don't have a team? Then you may feel like this resource is not for you, but who's going to keep you in line? You don't have anyone over your shoulder making sure that you did X, Y, and Z that you said you were going to do, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. that was a great tip. Yeah. All right. So do you have any advice for an up-and-coming entrepreneur? Hmm. A lot of advice, but let's see. I guess for those who are, advice for those who are on the fence of kind of, taking their side hustle and turning it into a monetizable business, I would say, I would say that they really need to, you know, some things are are things that you're just going to kind of learn through the process, but I would say try to do as much research, whether it's research on business formation you know, because there's all types of like business formation, whether it be LLC, C Corp, S Corp. If you're going to go to the nonprofit, there's B Corporations. And so there's different tax implications for many mm-hmm. of those, especially when you look in the, the for-profit. And, you know, that's a whole nother C- LLC versus C Corp. So I won't, I won't go there, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say do your research on the benefits, the pros and the cons of what type of formation you are going to kind of form your business and then watch, I don't know, find a mentor, mentoring, find someone that has kind of been through the path, whether you're meeting that mentor on Clubhouse, LinkedIn, however, somebody in your church, 
mentorship is huge for women, Black women, especially oftentimes we don't have, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a mentor that is another Black woman. It can be just finding a mentor in general that has been through the process that wants to see you do just as well as they have done. Mm. So I think that's really important. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. Yes. Research is key and learning from people that have been there and done that, right? It definitely shortens the time. So quick deviation, right? Because I believe, and this may be my own brain, when we say the word mentor, I think that people may assume that that's like a free service, right? Like someone along the way, right? But can you give like, is that something that people should be willing to pay for as well? What's your thoughts there? Absolutely. So there's, you know, there's mentors that are could be someone that's going to speak on your behalf, even when you're not around, you know, you have to pay to play. So sometimes within mentorship, you have to pay to be able to get to the next level. Oftentimes we like to take shortcuts and think that everything's supposed to be free to us, but that's not how, you know, we live in a a society that is a capitalistic society. So people want to be paid for, you know, that can only be stretched so far. You don't want to feel like you're taking advantage of someone or, being a burden on somebody, but mentorship, yes, definitely can be a uh, someone that is also charging you. Okay. All right. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself, right? All right. So tell us how you stay on the cutting edge in your field. Research, research and mentors. And I'm I'm investing in myself through, you know, access, having access to mentors. I invest in myself by a lot of reading, whether it's listening to people who have more knowledge than me or even um, just, you know, researching what the latest is out there, whether it's programming around around nonprofit. I don't only look at what's going on within the U.S. I'm looking at what other countries are doing. Mm. You know, because sometimes there are there are countries that are definitely more advanced in certain areas than us. So I want to see what they're doing and how we can tie it back into our programming. So that's been successful for, for me. I love that. Right. So not only giving us advice, guys, but giving us the advice that she uses herself. Right. So I love that. All right. So before we go. This is what I call the fun part, right? And you, look, I know you have one answer to this, right, already. So tell us about your last vacation. Tell us what's your favorite vacation, right? And I like to ask people, where do you want to go next? But you're already going somewhere next. So that too. Yeah, so I am getting ready to travel just for a little relaxation time to Florida. However, my favorite vacation has been to uh, Jamaica. I love Jamaica. And I also love traveling to Las Vegas. And I hope one day that I will be able to go to Egypt. That's like an ultimate. I really want to be able to see, you know, the pyramids and the tombstones and everything that I've always seen kind of on TV and want to be able to experience firsthand. So that is somewhere I want to be able to go hopefully soon. Nice, nice. What part of Florida are you going to? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. 
Okay. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. I feel like I live in Florida, right? So I feel like oh, Florida do. is. Yeah. I feel like I could go on vacation within my state, right? And never, uh-huh. you know, like don't have to leave. But of course, it's always fun to get out. Got relocated from New Jersey. So I've been here like three years now. Oh, what part? I'm in Tampa, the Tampa area. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But enjoy. Look, I'll be living vicariously through you. So. Thank you. Look, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you go, do you have any events, any offers? Tell the listeners where they can find you and find out more about Girls for Technology. Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Sabrina Tucker Barrett. You can find the organization at www.girlsfortechnology.org. We are also on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all yeah, we're on all of them, TikTok. And so you can find us in on any of those locations. Some of our programming. So now that we are more of our programs are now virtual, we've been kind of seeing an uptick of individuals and young, young people who want to participate in our programs on a national scale. So we're getting mm. participants from anywhere from California to Georgia to South Carolina who have been able to participate. So our next program that we have coming up is really focused on tech entrepreneurship with a focus on e-commerce. So that advertising will be coming out. So any young women between the grades of 11th and 12th grade who are really want to take their side hustle, how to put it on a digital platform, please reach out to Girls for Technology. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. I think the work that you're doing is super valuable super important and just appreciate all that you are giving back to the world. Thank you. All right. So Sabrina, thank you again for coming to Winhurst United, for sharing your background, your insight, your advice. We appreciate you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Nicole. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Winhurst United. I hope you found this information useful and can take at least one thing away to implement into your life. Go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes for this episode and check out Sabrina's full bio. Also, don't forget to follow us on Clubhouse at Winhurs United so you can join us in a future room. As always, be empowered and empower on.